American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. The system of labor exploitation and supervision that was developed on the cotton frontier had some apparent similarities to both the task system and the gang system, but it actually was quite different, both in its processes and its results. And most important of its results was the fact that it produced dramatic leaps in the efficiency of labor, and secondly, a continuous series of leaps in the productive efficiency of labor. In other words, labor didn't just improve one time, uh, it entered a process of continuous improvement. And this is very important for the development of industrialization and capitalism in the rest of the West as well. So let's, let's talk just for a minute about uh, what Charles Ball uh, experienced uh, on the cotton frontier. Ten minutes into his first workday, he had already seen the pushing system in action. And the pushing system uh, broke one of the remaining bottlenecks of cotton production. Remember, the cotton gin had eliminated the processing bottleneck, the process of cleaning the seeds from the fiber. The pushing system eliminated uh, the bottleneck at the beginning of the cotton season. How much cotton could actually be planted and cultivated? It turns out that with the pushing system, so much could be brought to the point of actually blooming uh, and being ready for harvest that one slave working at plowing and cultivating could actually produce more cotton than he could harvest. So the question for enslavers was then, how do we push enslaved people to harvest all of that cotton? Planting becomes the major bottleneck. So let's find out how they pushed through that bottleneck and produced a continuous rise in productive efficiency. Charles Ball started in the cotton fields in early July of 1805. By late August, the cotton in the fields where he was working, Wade Hampton's fields in South Carolina, was ready to harvest. And cotton fields are a very strange looking landscape. Instead of green, once the cotton actually begins to be ready for harvest, it's a very weird white landscape, almost like a blizzard of cotton has fallen on the fields. When Charles Ball is sent into those fields the first day with the rest of the slaves and told to begin to pick the cotton, he learns that it's not just the landscape that's weird, but the process of work was strange. Every other kind of job he'd worked at depended on strength and skill. And he was very strong, and if he thought about something long enough, he could figure out a way to do it uh, in a more skillful fashion. But cotton, in fact, depended not on either of those, uh, but on skillful dexterity with the fingers a different kind of skill uh, from the kind of skill that's involved in working with a hammer or an axe or with draft animals or something like that. In fact, this is a kind of work for which the bigger, stronger men were not always the best because their fingers were not necessarily as dexterous. So he saw children and women and other people who he didn't think of as being as strong as him speeding past him up and down their rows, picking sometimes with both hands at the same time. And he had to concentrate very hard on, on what he was doing. At the end of the day, when he was very tired, his fingers were sore, he was uh, wondering what was going to come next and why all of the other workers were so nervous, he took his cotton bag with the rest of them to the scales to be weighed. And the overseer told him he had only picked 38 pounds. 
Now he saw that many of the other men and women in the field had picked over 50 pounds and yet they were being taken off to the side and whipped and whipped severely. He didn't quite know why he wasn't whipped, but the overseer explained it to him. Everybody was given a certain amount to pick in a day, and this amount was calibrated to how much they had picked in the past. So people who had picked over 50 pounds were expected to pick over 50 pounds every day. Now he was going to have to pick at least 38 pounds a day. But once he learned how to pick 38 pounds consistently, he found that his quota was raised. And the same thing was happening to everybody else. And if they did not meet that quota, they were going to be whipped, even if it was the new higher quota. This was how the amount of pounds that individual enslaved people picked increased dramatically over time. And we know that it does. From 1805, when the average picking day brought in about 50 pounds, to the 1850s, when on many plantations, adults were picking over 300 pounds a day. The total amount of cotton picked per laborer in the South increases over four times. This is an incredible increase in efficiency. And to put it in context, think about what happens in the textile factories of Manchester in England or uh, Lowell in Massachusetts. In the same time period, the efficiency of spinning increases about 400%, and of weaving increases about 800%. So all of these are in the same range of magnitude. But the difference is, what happens in the textile fields happens with the aid of machinery. What happens in the cotton fields happens with cotton pickers' fingers and minds and bodies. And they have to do it. They're not driven by a wage. They're driven by the quota by measurement, and by the whip. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University. Mm -hmm.